coach Reggie Rusk, and I got next. What it do, SLT Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Sports Life Talk, where life without sports is nothing but talk. This is a very, very special episode, the You Got Next series, where Kevin and I, we climb around the globe. We go and try to uncover these stories of big people doing big things and accomplishing big dreams. And once again, we have done it again and uh i am your host the mouth of the south b jones i'm rocking with my partner in crime kt the head coach how you doing today kev you know i'm, I'm doing good man i'm what i'm gonna do i'm gonna send coach some of my intramural tape to see if he can get me in the league some kind of way kev you want to get back out on the 707 circuit see if you still got some juice man oh probably about two plays i can get it but after that i'm done all right. Well, if y'all haven't recognized it yet, we got former NFLer in the building, recruiting guru, four-time best-selling author Reggie Rusk, representing in the background. Y'all can see that Tampa Bay Buccaneer jersey. Boo, boo. Either you love it or you hate it. But before we get started, if y'all are rocking with us for the first time, we want to say first and foremost, thank you for checking out the channel. Gracias. But on the count of three, we got to keep with tradition and keep this movement and this energy going. On the count of three, I want everybody to smash that subscribe button, hit that like, and share this with a friend. One, two, three, boom. And now that we got that done, we get to talk some football. Oh, and public speaking. Oh, and, inter and youth sports and recruiting. I mean, what can't we talk with our very special guest, Coach Reggie Rusk is in the building. How you doing, Coach? Man, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of uh, your platform and uh, share my little experiences of life with uh, your viewers. Whoa, little? Come on now, Coach. You have done it all, and then you went back and you did it all over again. I mean, literally, you are you are reliving the dream, and you're helping other people accomplish those dreams. So, if you're not familiar with Coach Russ, he comes he comes to us by way of Houston, Texas. Uh, he played for three NFL teams, had a very strong career. He's converted that and turned it into now mentorship, youth, entrepreneurship. I mean, what 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 can't coach do is the question i have to ask for you so listen coach before we give you our platform as you just so eloquently spoke we got to take you through initiation sir kev can you do can you run coach through some do some warm-up drills here i sure can all right coach so to initiate you into the slt family you gotta give us your top five hip-hop artists without a doubt jay-z biggie tupac nas and Last one is kind of a toss-up, um, but I kind of I kind of roll with uh, Lil Kim. What? I, I, I didn't I, see yeah. that one coming. I, 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 I like I like back in the '90s. You know what I mean? Like uh, the the Bad Boys, 
Um, that was something that I rock with a lot. So I just throw a woman in there since we we are like woman empowerment, female empowerment. So I'm gonna throw her in there at the end. And coach, I saw I saw some pictures of you back at the University of Kentucky with the high top fade. I saw you, coach. Were you were you were you were you the man back in the 90s? I tried to do a little something. Just a little bit. He's he said the 90s. He said he's still the man right now, homie. Don't don't come at coach hey, like hey, that. I'm, I'm old and beat up now. I'm just trying to bless as many people as I can. And you know, you know, I've always had a hard time in talking about myself in that light. You know, it's a great accomplishment, but it, you know, for me, it's it's me giving back. I feel more uh fulfilled in that aspect. All right, all right. I can dig that, Coach. Well, Coach B. Jones loves talking about himself, so if you need some pointers, just holler at him, okay? I, all right, I, so. He wrote the book, right? Yes, he did. Nah, so, nah, you wrote the book, Coach. <laughs> Four-time Amazon bestseller. You wrote the book, Coach. All right, so we know you played in the league, so can you give us, like, some of your favorite sports teams in the NFL, NBA, college? Just give us a rundown. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to go back pre-NFL. Um before I entered, because once I got there, I didn't have a favorite team anymore. You know, it was just a matter of the teams that I played on. Dallas Cowboys, because I'm from Texas, so we got a, a heavy dose of the Dallas Cowboys on TV every Sunday. Basketball has to be the Lakers. I, I grew up with Magic Johnson um, and those boys rocking in the early 80s, winning championships. So. Uh, you know, when Kobe came in, it just solidified, you know, that that uh, Lakers. Baseball, I've never really been that big into baseball. I was primarily, you know, basketball and football guy. So I really didn't get into baseball like that. But definitely the Lakers and the Cowboys were by far my two favorite teams. Coach, if I had a dollar for every guest that came on this show and said the Lakers, oh, my goodness. I think we like 10 guests in a row have said the Lakers. You know what's funny? Now, they, they always talk about the big three, right? The Lakers had that before that was even a thing. Yeah, but it was organic back then, Coach. It yeah, wasn't It exactly. wasn't players demanding trades. And so that, that's why I at least respect what Steph and, and, and Draymond and, and Clay did before, you know, before Kevin Durant and why I respect what Michael Jordan did. They, they was organic. It wasn't player yeah. force. Yeah, and, and definitely Michael Jordan. I don't want to. I think Michael Jordan is the goat because he revolutionized basketball. See, y'all came here for some football talk. We got a little basketball dialogue going in. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, I wanted to go in on some basketball too, but like I said, it's about coach, not us. <laughs> all, right, all right, so coach, give us your favorite superhero and why. Um, I'm gonna say Superman because he has superpowers. I think every every person has his own superpower and uh, having the ability to just bend things, break things, run fast, fly. I mean, what else can you could you want? Now, it, some people would say Batman because he's smart and he comes up with all these gimmicks, but I'm like, I want a real true superpower, which Superman is the guy. Well, Coach Kev is a diehard Batman fan, so he's he going to probably say something bad about me and you when we get off out. So, you know what? Like I said, it's not about me. It's about coach. Superman. Go, go, Superman. But when I, get some, I bring you some kryptonite, then what? All right. We're going to have to wear that bat, that suit that uh, shield us from the kryptonite. 
There it is. I didn't think you're gonna come back with one coach. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> so since, since every good superhero needs his own theme music, what would your theme song be? So I'm gonna have to roll with my man Tupac and All Eyes on Me. All eyes on me. All of us want eyes on us when we're doing our thing. So I'm gonna roll with Tupac. I love it. All right, B. Jones, the fact that he said he rocks with the Cowboys, he was already going to win this initiation anyway. So go ahead and do your thing, B. Well, before I got one more question for you, Coach. This one is off the cuff. Now, in Houston, Texas, or close to Houston, Texas, at Klein High School, Klein Kane, right there, you probably coached this young man or seen this young man come up. Jaden Blue recently announced that he is going to forego his senior season of high school, get healthy, and he's already committed to Texas, University of Texas. You you working so hard to help these kids to get to that next level. You being a, a JUCO slash SEC slash NFLer. What, what are your thoughts on this, Coach? I think I get it. You know, you're trying to get healthy. But I think he's going to create a, a bigger issue in the long run. We've already seen kids doing things uh, in the, on a college level with the transfer uh, portal. Um, yep. So I, I, I'm, I'm not for that because it's just going to create more issues. And the kids that are not the five-star recruits are the ones that are going to suffer in the long run. Mm. See, I, I actually thought that it may be an opportunity for because see, this is my thing. He's not gonna have any film, and running back is a it's one of the positions I need film. I guess you need you need film on every position, but running back to me seems like I could go and find another running back who's who who made that step from junior to senior, and he's looking real good. Like, hey, that kid need a scholarship, and I think it could be a three star that that has the opportunity to bump him. Whereas we've seen some of the number one and number two play kids when they are juniors or sophomores regress in their senior season. So I don't know. I, I, I do agree, though. We're in a meat market, so do what you got to do. But, uh, but, Coach, welcome to the Sports Life Talk family. So let's start off with talking about your origins because your story is, is a very fascinating one. Uh, someone who wasn't handed. You know, we talk about the 82nd player in the nation where he could, he could sit out for a substantial amount of time. You weren't gifted that same luxury. You had to literally fight tooth and nail and chip yourself away into earning the scholarship to become a a, 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 a a Kentucky Wildcat. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, Coach, in, uh, in those high school playing days. Yeah, so I grew up in a small town called Lamarck, Texas. Um, I graduated from Texas City, which is in Texas, the, the little cities are like right next door to each other. You cross the track, you're in another city. So that's kind of how Lamarck and Texas City was. And, um, you know, I'm not going to give you the whole backstory, but I was a good athlete. And I, I, I lettered in um, track, basketball, and in football. And I ran track as a freshman on varsity, sophomore, started at football. So I was a really good athlete. But when you don't have the support of your coaches, your team, and, and, and the community, a lot of times kids fall through the cracks. And I was one of those kids. Fortunately for me, my senior year, we had a coaching change. Got a new coach that came in. He he disrupted everything. And, and everybody was upset at first because people are afraid of change. 
And when he came in, he got rid of the, the kids, probably some of our best athletes, he got rid of them because they were character uh, issues. And uh, my senior year, we went one and nine. And there's only, you know, so we didn't win much. But the great thing about this coach coming in, he set me down at the end of my senior year and I had zero college offers. And he asked me, um, did I want an opportunity to play out in California? And he knew the coach out there. So that was the first time that I actually had the conversation on going to college, playing football, which that conversation changed my entire life. And uh, fortunately for me, I was naive enough to say yes, right? Because the college was way out in California and I had never even been on an airplane, much less been to California or out of the state. So uh, that was a big opportunity for me and I just took advantage of it. You're just a small kid from Lamarck, right? You out of, out of Lamar, Texas. All right, cool beans. So now, did you grow up with siblings, brothers, I'm sisters? I'm the only child. I am the only child. So, you know, I I had to, you know, be the guy that was, I, I had to do everything. Um, I single parent household. Um, my mom raised me. My dad was always around, but really not that, that father figure that, you know, we all would aspire to be um, going to games and, taking me outside, teaching me football and things of that nature. So I didn't have that background. Um, I, I think I was just a, a, a very energetic kid that wanted to compete. I was highly competitive. And I think when you're highly competitive, that's one of the things that allow you to uh, achieve big things when you're competitive because you don't let anybody beat you in anything. And uh, that's exactly how I was. I didn't care what it was. I wasn't trying to let anyone beat me in it. So you end up at this JUCO in California. Then you get recruited to the University of Kentucky. Now, I know that must have been, I mean, like sun and the moon different, right? Because because Kentucky, even though I know Kentucky hadn't, is not an Alabama per se, that's still power five. SEC caliber football. You were going against some of the best teams. I even saw a picture of you with a couple of your teammates. Y'all playing against LSU, and that's my favorite team. So you you've been playing big. You went from playing JUCO to big boy football. Kev, I see I see you a little sarcastic. LSU in on every show. I don't understand it. This could have been one where we didn't have it, but okay. Hey, there's some dogs out there now. LSU, I ain't gonna front. There's some dogs out there. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, I agree with that though. But every show I got to hear by LSU, every show. All right, coach. So what, what was that night and day transformation like for you? Yeah, I, you know, going out to a junior college, and this wasn't just a junior college. We were one of the best junior colleges in the nation in the early nineties. Like, what, what school we, was that? It was San Francisco City College. Okay. Okay. George Rush. I think in 10 years, probably lost 10 games. We went 20 and 0 uh, the two years that I was there. So it was a, a, a factory. We were putting guys into deep Division I schools every year. And the, the thing that made separated us back then was most of the kids in JUCO. Ju uh, California has one of the best junior college um, systems in the country. Yeah, and I never knew that until I actually got up there. But there were so many junior colleges that people from all over were, were attending, 
And um, the thing that really separated us is our coach had coaches from around the country sending players to this program because they knew that he was going to first make sure that they graduated or get their AA um, degree and they were going to get another opportunity away from that junior college. So coaches from all over, we had guys from Florida, we had guys from Ohio, Kentucky, predominantly uh, guys from Texas. We had a little bit more from Texas, but you know, when I went up there, I was with some of the top, you know, recruits in the country that maybe just didn't have grades or in my case, I just didn't have the requirements to go to a division one school. So when we went there, man, we, we played good football and we were able to leverage that and, and take our talents to bigger schools afterwards. Coach, I swear this could be a two-part documentary, a three-part documentary. You got so much stuff going on. So I hate I got to fast forward so quickly here, but you go from you go from not being recruited, going to a junior college. Now you're at the University of Kentucky. You you go on to play in the NFL just to give you guys the spoiler, right? And now professionally, you are writing a book or you wrote books about being recruited and you even turned it into an entrepreneur opportunity and started your own business. So you're the you're the owner of Next Level Sports and you started Stay Recruited. So tell us a little bit about how you take those examples of of what it was like for you to not being recruited, going and playing at this ju- this JUCO juggernaut and how, how do you transition that to help these kids nowadays, these unknown or lesser known talent that they, they do have something to offer? Well, I think it goes back to my high school career, right? Like I didn't have someone leading me to that next level. So when I decided, you know, here it is, I, I went from a junior college to a power five school, played very well. I feel like I dominated and I went through a lot of adversity at Kentucky and then I was still drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So life lessons along the way, I had to take the long route and the bumpy route. But when I wrote the book, I was able to give kids the strategies that I felt helped me. Now I can relay that and write it down in a book where I can help kids that are not here locally working with me, but they can pick up my book from anywhere and say, okay, this is, these are the steps that I can follow. It's not guaranteeing that I'm gonna get recruited but it is guaranteeing that I'm going to have more knowledge than I had before. So, so that was, the, you know, primarily the reason why I wrote the book. I wanted to help as many kids as I could. Now, stay recruited uh, kind of a mantra. Uh, I know it's a book, but is it is it an actual recruiting service or is it more just kind of the mindset or the mentality? Well, stay recruited. The reason why I came up with the name is how many athletes do you see that are being recruited, but they make a mistake? They do something that that derails their career or derails their opportunities. So my thing is don't just get recruited, stay recruited. How do you Ah. stay recruited? You stay recruited by having grades. You stay recruited by having character, by doing community service and making people you know, uh, see you in a different light. So that was the reason why I came up with the name. It definitely has a meaning behind it. Now, uh, so what all services do you provide? Let's just hypothetically say somebody's watching this and they're like, hmm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm getting the type of uh, 
you know, uh, media hype. I'm not getting the type of attention that I need to, from these some of these coaches. I, I have zero offers like you, Coach Rusk. What what kind of services do you offer? So primarily, the services with Stay Recruited, which is our foundation, uh, are uh, branding. So my thing is, each kid or athlete, you're a brand. And you have to live your life as a brand. How do people find you? You have to market yourself. So That's we right. give them strategies on how to market themselves to college coaches. Those strategies that will give you more opportunities. The next thing is entrepreneurship. One of my my biggest things is is starting your own, believing in yourself, and having that mindset that you can accomplish anything. When you're an entrepreneur, you think differently. You don't think like that of a, a person that just wants to a nine to five every day and work for somebody. You are thinking like, how do I make it for myself? How do I crush this? So that goes to your mindset, being an entrepreneur. The next thing is branding. And that that's your name, that's your character, that's who you are as a person. So, um, and then the, the, the last one that we, uh, really focus on is the mentorship. When you take a guy like me who took the long way around, me mentoring young men and young women to see their fullest potential, that's what's needed in the world. And, and, and when those kids are going to college and they're getting those degrees and they're starting their own businesses, I can, I can definitely say I had a hand in that. So I'm glad you said that because following your page and doing research on you quickly see that you are big you're a big character guy real big discipline work ethic all of the things you just previously mentioned so if you're talking to a kid right now what's more important technique or work ethic work ethic why is that if I, if I had to take the two work ethic would be the thing because i can always teach you technique I can't teach you work ethic. It goes back to that passion conversation. And that that heart, you know. What are you willing to do? When I played, I I was willing to beat anybody at any time. You name the place, I'm going to be there and I'm going (laughs) to, you know. uh, But that's the mindset that you have to have. And I've seen a lot of guys that was drafted second, third, first round. They didn't have the heart. They had a a lot of skill set and they had the size and the speed. They did not have the heart. They did not have the confidence and the desire to do what, you know, look at Tom Brady, six round draft pick. It it doesn't matter where you're drafted. It matters getting there. And once you're there, you you have an opportunity to prove that you belong and you, you can be that player that everybody doubted that you could be. But uh, so 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 this is this is off the cuff again. Sorry to throw just a a, a weird question. Enough. Who's the toughest wide receiver you had to cover, Coach? College or pro? Who was the toughest wide receiver you had to cover? Man, um, I mean, I played against Jerry Rice, uh, Jake Reed, um, Randy Moss. Like, so it's hard to say. Coach, the- you had to cover Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. I mean, I was in uh, Tampa Bay. You know, we, we were in that central uh, division where you got Minnesota, you got Green Bay, you have, um, I can't remember all the teams, but, you know, you're playing those those teams every year. So it's, it's a big deal, you know. I mean, at that level, you're playing against the best of the best. 
you know, every week. And the guy that you don't even, you know, like you're thinking about a Jerry Rice, who's great, right? But everybody on the other side of the field can play, you know, or they can right. play there. Yeah. All right, coach. So you you played this video of Urban Meyer, and I, I didn't know where you were going with this, but Urban Meyer was in this video saying he don't he don't t- see the value in the seven on seven app. And Urban Meyer fans, please forgive me, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but you underneath Urban Meyer's speech, you you 100 disagreed on him. You 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 talked about the value of seven on seven tournament. So you're a big believer in seven on seven. What what do you what do you see the future on seven on seven being? I'm a believer in good 707 organizations if you if a kid is let's say my organization i took kids that were not highly recruited i took kids that maybe wasn't going to play on the top 707 team here and i i took them and we coached them we coached them on their routes we coached them on the understanding and when we went to tournaments everybody was taking notice of team mamba team mamba so and that's the mumble mindset, right? So walking into um, a tournament, you're looking at our kids and they, you know, some of these kids that are really highly recruited and they're looking at them, oh, I got this guy. And when you turn on the film, my kids dominated them. And that because that's because they were coached. You can take any kid and if he's coached the right way, he can, he can be a viable um, player, right? Look at the most winningest organizations. And when they have a good coach behind them, they just win year after year after year. You know, look at the Patriots. I mean, Belichick, they just win because it's it's a culture. And when you talk about like LSU, uh, uh, Alabama, more so than anything, they're getting well coached up, but it's a culture. So when those kids come in, it's not when we're going to win or how we're going to win it's who who's the next opponent that we're going to beat the hell out of when we cross the um, line to get this win you know what i mean yeah i i believe seven on seven can be very valuable for a lot of kids and people are getting offers from seven on seven just because that one coach is not offering from seven on seven there's coaches all across the country that are and um when you're talking about the, the ability to process information fast, that's the difference between college, or that's the difference between high school and college. And then it goes a notch faster when you get to the NFL. Things happen so fast, the guys that are able to process information the fastest, those are the ones that, that make it. And, and I, I'll argue with anyone. You see guys that are fast, you see guys that are big and physical, and they don't make it in the NFL. Why? Because they're not able to understand the speed of the game. It's not, and when they say the game slows down, it doesn't slow down. It means that you're able to process things a lot faster. Mm. So the guys mm. that survive are the guys, when we talk about a Charles Woodson, the game is so slow that because he studies, he understands what's coming. That means he's processing information fast. That's what 707 allows you to do when you're around good coaches. They break everything down to where you like, you see it and it's slow to you. That's what a good 707 to me 
a good organization does. All right, so coach, so tell us your role in the NFLPA. I'm the uh, newly elected NFLPA secretary. Well, it's a new role for me, so I'm still learning and, and um, getting briefed on all of the roles, but I think primarily uh, we're trying to bridge the gap between former players, current players, and give more opportunities to guys like me who have retired. Because a lot of times what happens is when we retire, we go on our on with our lives and we do our own separate things. And we lose the fact that here we've been in a locker room for majority of our lives. We've played the sport for majority of our lives. And we just go on and just, you know, uh, you know, just move on with our lives. So the PA, you know, there's there's uh, different resources there for us. There's, um, you know, meetups that make it just like we're in the locker room together. So the, that's the the reason that we, with the PA, trying to get players back engaged in, you know, just being a part of a team again. All right, I'm sure you've watched uh, Last Chance U football and the way some of those coaches approach the game. All right, so your style, it seems different. Like yeah. you have a high amount of passion. You got the work ethic, which you talked about earlier. Where does this come from? I was just born with that. Just just having that work ethic. Um, like I said, when you're competitive, you always want to be the best at whatever you're doing. So my coaching style comes from my, my the people that, that guided me were coaches. Those are the people that inspired me and, and, and brought the best out of me. If you don't have a good coach, someone that you look up to, someone that you respect, you're not going to get the best out of a player. You're just not. It's too hard. It, you know, most times players are young. They're, they're immature. They're not going to play at the highest level that they possibly can. There's that one coach or that, you know, those couple coaches that pull that out of them. So, you know, when I went to California, I had a coach that, you know, he just pulled that out of me. And by the time I graduated from up there, you know, I was the number two junior college safety in the country. And it, it takes those special coaches to pull that out of special players. And, and we need those people to tap into, you know, tap into that that thing that some of us have and some of us don't you know that heart that passion that that drive so is, you know that's how i model my coaching uh, is, is last chance you were actual depiction of juco football is it that raw it's rough it's rough i mean i've seen guys they go to juco and they leave it, they like oh this is not for me and I, i'm not gonna lie you know back in you know when i went to school i i, I left in 1992 there's no cell phones I'm from a single parent household. I don't have money. And I go to one of the most expensive cities in the country. Yes, you did. So you figure that like it was some rough times. But at the end of it, you like I said, you had a role model. You had somebody that if he didn't care, he was really good at acting. Because <laughs> yeah. Coach Rush, I if you interview a hundred 200, 300, it doesn't matter how many guys that went through that program, they're all going to say, man, that man changed my life. That's that's what a good coach, a great coach is supposed to do. He's supposed to change the lives of the young men or women who come through that program. 
And that's what Coach Rush did for me. That's what I model my career, my coaching style after. I don't have to yell at you because I look. I talk to parents all the time. When you yell at kids, think about if you go to work and your boss yells at you. You're ready to you're ready to kick his face in. How do you think your kid feels? Now I am passionate on the sideline. I'm 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 you know making sure that I'm communicating with them. And yeah, it gets crazy on the sideline. But when they come back, we have a conversation. I tell them what they did wrong. How are we going to change this right now, not later? You talk to them right now. So, you know, I think that's who I am as a person. You know, you, you have to uh, have that rough edge, but you got to be able to coach and teach them or, you know, they're not going to live up to their fullest potential. All right, so this is the last question I'm going to ask you before we move on to the really fun part of our show. Not saying that we're not having fun now, but you'll catch the drift later. So you wear plenty of hats, many hats. How do you balance your career and family? Well, my family, I I learned a long time ago, if I want to to have a successful um, family structure, that I had to be around. And because my father was not around at when I was growing up, I made a vow that I would not live that way or live that life. So my family, anywhere that I am, you will see them. So everyone knows my wife, everyone knows my daughter. All of my athletes know my family. And um, I think that creates you know, you don't have to worry about your wife being mad that you're out because she's involved. You know, I don't have to worry about my daughter out doing whatever. Everyone knows her. She knows that everyone knows me. You know what I mean? So creating that structure, um, I did that a long time ago and it's definitely paid a lot of dividends because um, I'm able to spend time with my family and they're involved in everything that I'm doing. So I love that whole structure of how we we uh, operate. All right, cool, coach. Now, are you a big MMA fan? I don't know why I, f- I feel like you you like combat sports. I'm a combat guy, but I you know I, I'll watch it, but I'm not like um, huge into it. Okay, okay. The only reason I ask because this is the part of the show we call the championship rounds. Now. You've watched enough combat sports. You know what the championship rounds are, right? It's the last three rounds in the boxing match where, you know, the champions rise to the top. We know at this point in time who's going to reign supreme over their combatant. And we are introduced into the octagon for a second, coach. And at this stage of the show, Kevin and I will compete in the game. Uh, have you ever played Would You Rather? I haven't. Uh, okay. All right. So very simple rules. Very simple rules. Kevin will present you an option, and I will present you an option. You have to select one of these options. The person who you select or the option that you select will go, will give that host a point. The first host to two points or the best of three will win this episode's show, a championship rounds. All right. All now, right. these are going to be some difficult question coaches. We're trying to put you in a tough spot. So, do the best you can and just give us a little bit of a reason as to why you selected the one, why you made Kevin a loser today and allow me to be a one. And if you are just joining us for the first time, the score right now is 10 to 10. This is officially episode number 21 where we have competed in this game. So 
you could break the tie with your with your vote today, Coach. No yeah, pressure. Let's get, let's get it. All right, Kevin, you are the defending champion, sir. So, Coach, just remember, we both ride with the Cowboys. All right. <laughs> all right. So, Coach, would you rather have one kid get drafted and make it to the Pro Bowl, or would you rather have ten of your kids get recruited by Division One Power Five schools and graduate? Oh, that's easy. Um, recruited by ten powerhouse Power Five football um, organizations and graduate for sure. Well, Coach, you and I have a great relationship. Yeah, hold up, Coach. Once B. Jones started reading his, I already knew I lost that point. I see what you're doing, B. Jones. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Well, well, Coach, I'm a very competitive person. And that, sir, you just gave me point number one. I just need one more. We toasted. All right. I was set up. <laughs> Round number two. Coach, would you rather be hired to 247 slash Nike as a recruiting ambassador and get a lifetime contract or start your own stay recruited camps and go nationwide uh it's all about my own brand yeah so i would i would have to do my own thing coach but 247 said we're gonna hire you for life you're gonna yeah, be a part of every single nike gonna give you the clothes you're always under someone though you're always under someone's microscope you're always told what to do I have full range, full control of me and how I move. I can post what I want. I don't have any restrictions on what it is that I'm doing. That entrepreneurship kicked in. All right, coach. I should have, I should have, I should have finagled mine a little bit different during that one. All right. So last round, and you, sir, will be crowning a new leader after this one question. Kevin, your point, your ball. All right, coach. Would you rather become a prominent speaker at youth football events or? Would you rather write your next book become a New York Times bestseller? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I I, I think I would roll with uh, the New York Times bestseller. <laughs> and the reason why, because when you are able to leverage something that you've done, you can actually help more people. So like writing a book and you leverage that, now you're gonna be able to help thousands of people when, as far as me going to speak, I can only really do a certain amount. So that would be the reason why. Well, coach, you helped out B. Jones, the mouth <laughs> of the South, <laughs> win a <laughs> game number 11 and I am in the lead. Coach, I had to come back. You don't understand the hill I had to climb. Kev was up on me like two or three games. So Damn. if you've been rocking with us for a long time, I know you celebrating with Team Out to the South. All right, Coach. So the name of the shows you got next. Uh, I know that you got to get to to your next appointment. Uh, but what's 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 next for you, Coach? You you got your hand, your irons, and so many fires. You writing books. You mentoring kids. You you hosting events. You I saw you doing some uh some charity stuff. I saw you doing some. Some human, you know, human campaigns, humanitarian stuff, walking and marches. What's next for you, coach? I, you know, I, I just want to continue to to do this, um, empower the powerless, and uh, to just keep people informed of, you know, how they can live a better life and just continue to grow that. Um, you know, so my sole goal is just to help as many people as I can. You know, I think. I live by this model. Um, 
eternal life. And when you help countless number of people and you, you're in everyone's heart, you live forever. Your physical body may not be here, but you live eternally in the hearts and minds of countless uh, millions of people. So, you know, that's my goal. I'm not trying to be Martin Luther King or anything like that, but I, I, I feel like I'm obligated to do my small part and help as many people as I can. That's that Tupac in you, coach. <laughs> For sure. But All right. know, Tupac was on on the fence. He was one week he was this way, and another week yeah, he was yeah. this way. So I, I'm, I'm I'm focused on on what it is that I've been doing for the past 20 years, and uh, you know, driven for that. Driven. All right, Coach. Any any shout outs? I don't have anyone in particular because if you if you say shout out one person and you don't shout out somebody else, so I just um, I say thank you guys again for allowing me to uh, talk and speak on your platform. Um, anybody out there that wants to get in contact with me, hit me up on Instagram or um, Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I love when kids uh, shoot me messages and uh, they're like. Hey, coach, can you retweet my uh, my my post? And uh, I, I love doing it. I look forward to having those kids shout out to me because um, you know I think you can be a a mentor to kids that even even though you're not even around them, you know. And me doing that small gesture may change a kid's life. So uh, you know they can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at um, at Next Level Sports with an S. And then on Instagram, I'm at Coach Reggie underscore. There it is. Y'all heard it straight from the man's mouth. We talked about a lot of stuff. And Coach Reggie Rusk, in all of your endeavors, sir, you got next. We want to thank y'all for che checking us out and rocking with us. It was a longer show than we anticipated, but it was it was impactful. It was very powerful. Leave some comments below. Uh, wish Coach Reggie the best of luck. Comment on anything that we talked about in this show, whether it be the I would like to know your anatomy of a perfect defensive back. That would be uh, that would be fun to read your your opinion on that. But uh, we want to thank y'all for checking us out. Remember, Kevin and I we stream live with the Sports Life Talk crew on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, through YouTube and through Facebook. So guess what? If you did what you were supposed to do at the beginning of the show and hit subscribe, you will be notified when we go live. You'll be notified when Reggie's episode comes out. You'll be notified when any of the great episodes we got coming out in the future uh, they come out, you'll be the first one to know about it. So please hit that subscribe button. And uh, Kev, you got anything you want to say to everybody? You didn't say 8 p.m. Central Time. Oh, Good correction, sir. And for second place right now, I will let you correct me. Uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. <laughs> Listen, y'all stay blessed. Y'all take care of one another. Stay safe. And we love y'all. And we will see you guys again next time on Sports Life Talk. You got next. Yeet! Look, baby, say I'm fly, she see me. I know I got a giant in the drip, but I double cause I'm tired of the vibe, she clingy. And I don't play around with the wrist when I get it, you already know the vibe is VVs. I swear I feel alive when I'm in them in the yo into the air, making vibes on repeat. And I ain't gotta lie, you see these. She said she want a vibe, she need three. Each one for my boys, my teammates. Swimming through the riches with my squad, believe me. 
Iced out Audemars, Felipe's Big dogs, cause I know I'm aping Cooking, let them know I'm different raw with the aping Do this for my sons, I know it's mine for the taking Lil baby look like she the type that be playing Slide and I skate this She dummy probably thinking who this Yeah, money now it's funny how I see the mood switch But boy lame girl funny how the two mix So I got them upside, now they got the loose lips uh. Want the doors with a suicide on it If I'm winning, gotta put my slimes on it I ain't buying in no Gucci or Prada That she my man, that's proof of her solid Drip the finesse like Kyrie Young man with his own brand, I designed it Whole gang got a wrist spring cause I iced it No name in my domain, I'm the nicest Night game, no I used to dream of the dike Two bad things, I'm in between like a hyphen When I pull up to the...